Hello, and welcome to the Orthopraxis Podcast. My name is Ravi Timi, and I'm joined as always by James O'Farron. Greetings. And this week, we're continuing with our summer ramblings. It doesn't actually feel all that much like summer outside because we rained last night, but <laughs> we're going to talk about some stuff. And one of the things that came up is dancing. We are both fans of dancing. In fact, James, you are just starting a dance in yep. Fargo, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tonight, actually, uh, we'll be having our first inaugural Excelsior dance, uh, which I named not after like the poem or uh, Marvel or anything like that, just because the word means a good thing and it fits. <laughs> <laughs> so what does the word be? Uh, higher up, higher up. Yeah, basically, basically it's, 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 it's a word that encapsulates the aspiration of growth and improvement. So, yeah. I like that, and it's kind of really yeah. with the whole point. Oh yeah, yeah. So we both enjoy dancing. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are extremely good at it, but we enjoy yeah. it a lot. Working at it. In Working fact, we've it. talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it several times. Uh, we talk about the banquet and ball. Um, before that, my initial introduction to dancing was at the Shiloh Bible camp. We were, we were going, we'd been going there for a while. And then I think I was helping out. I can't remember what I was doing. It might've been boys camp and the staff, because boys camp was the last, um, thing of the season. The staff ended up having a folk dance at the end of their at after a thing. So I had helped out with that. So they invited me to the dance afterwards. And that was my first time learning how to folk dance, uh, barn dancing, whatever you want to call it. Very basic, very fun and community oriented. And after that, I kind of got hooked and we started, we found a group that was doing it and started doing it and have, I've been doing folk dancing since let's see, I would have been 14 at the time. So 14 years now, almost. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I never got into dancing growing up as much as I liked watching. Um, I, 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 what was it like? I think I'm trying to think about the first movie that I watched that had dancing in it. Like I never had actually seen anybody dance in person for the longest time. Like just wasn't right. the thing. I mean, grew up Baptist, mm-hmm. right? I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, it was funny because we most of the places I had gone to were like dancing would be bad, and then there was this group of them were like, "No, it's fine." What are you talking about? Everybody's <laughs> <was> like, <gasps> "What?" <laughs> the first thought I have of when I think of like dancing in movies is, um, "Oh, what was it?" Uh, "Sound of Music." That's and literally what I was thinking dance. of too, actually. Yes. But I, but I was trying to think of like, but I was trying to think of like barn dancing or something like that or folk yeah. dancing. And uh, I'm trying to think if Guns Along the Mohawk has that, but I can't remember. Yeah, I know there are a couple of like old, of like going West Westerns. movies that are going to have something like that. Like old John Wayne's or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I never watched too many John Wayne Western movies, but gotcha. I'm thinking I'm thinking more pioneer, less technically westerns. Okay. So more like Westerns you're gonna end up with saloon dancing, which is different. 
I remember, <laughs> so I remember reading about dancing in little, the Little House on the Prairie series, the Laura Ingalls series. And I okay. got it in there. And I was, I think that was probably my earliest actual introduction to the idea of dance and reading about uh, mod, you know, dancing and outlasting an uncle and a jig or something like that. That's an early. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Jigs can be vigorous. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I so kind of like an imaginative, like this is a thing that other people do. Cause there's always that. I read about it in a book or I watched it in a movie. I never saw anybody that I knew do it. So it's something that people who were good enough to be in books and movies got to do. Ah, was kind of the impression, I think, as I'm thinking through this. Uh, Right. It was one of those things that either that other people could do or that like was from an older time kind of. That might have been, I guess, as well. I don't know. yeah, because like I had a, a distinct distaste for modernity and all of the quote unquote dances that I was aware of from, you know, more recent times were all very lewd or, uh, right. you know, inappropriate. Right. When you heard about dancing, they were talking well about anymore. like the, right, they were talking about like um, dancing in like clubs or whatever where it's yeah. grinding and that kind of stuff yeah exactly. and that's all and, and what's interesting is i think we've mentioned this before but the whole avoiding all of that stuff because it could be bad mm-hmm. is was a thing and yep. when my family did it i was like oh this is cool and when i got introduced it it was a lot of fun and i don't know it was really so what was your first experience with actually dancing? I don't remember. Like did, me actually dancing? Yes. I'm pretty sure like, it was the big in a group ball. setting. I'm Okay, sure I wasn't sure ball. if I, I wasn't sure if you had come to one of the folk dance. No, no I don't think you had, had come to one of the folk once, but I wasn't able to at the time. That um, is true. Right. No. I couldn't remember. But yeah, you were able I, to come I, to the banquet like, and ball. And I don't think yeah, I remember like I had tried to learn like break dancing way back when when I was still in Ireland. I was curious mm-hmm. school and I tried it and I couldn't get it. But that's a very solo type dance. So there was right. like, like and that was one of the distinctions I was gonna draw is that there's a difference because a lot yeah. of what we see actually yeah. is solo type dancing. That's yeah. what's common in like clubs and stuff is a solo type dance very individualistic right it's very individualistic and you might do it beside someone else Mm -hmm. but it's not dancing by its nature is a cooperative thing yeah or should be it's us right it's you and me the two partners or however many people are engaged in it Mm -hmm. are creating something together it's a as a cooperative creation of art. Yeah. Kind of like ballets. Ballets mostly are about the cooperative art. It, yeah, and not necessarily most, in like, pairs, but it's like the whole stage at once in ballet. Right. There are, the, there, are, there are the solo parts, but are, generally yeah. it's a big group thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of like the beauty of it is precision where everybody turns out in exactly the same angle and you can see yes. every single person 
precisely doing the complex execution of movement is just so freaking gorgeous. Um, yeah, but it, it doesn't, it loses something when it's just one person. <laughs> yes, definitely. When it's just one person, it's more of like an athletics or flexibility thing. It's yeah, like watching a, which is also beautiful. Right. It's just a different kind of yes. beauty. Um, yes. So yeah. So my first encounter, but it loses, and I, and I had always like, so part of the, the other issue for me was that I'd always lacked a natural sense of rhythm. And yes. so I, 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 I struggled with like recognizing the beat when listening to a song. Mm -hmm. I yes. struggled with, um, cause like there's different parts in a song that follow different aspects of the beat, right? Like this is true. Empire has different pieces. And so I'd see all these different pieces and I'm like, well, now the piano is playing faster. And then they're singing to a different thing. And then the violin's doing something else. And they're all like on different parts of the beat. And so I couldn't like right. find what's the beat underneath all of them. I just couldn't find it. Um, yes. And a, and a finding the beat is uh, like an acquired taste almost. It, it's yeah. something that you practice. And the more you practice, the easier it is to find. Right. Which, which I had always it's thought like, this was like, it, it, was, it was a lack of a growth mentality. I thought I just, I was just one of those people who didn't have a sense of rhythm. And then those right. who are mostly black, <laughs> who have a sense of rhythm. <laughs> White boys can't jump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is actually not true. I know some, some some white boys who can really jump. It's crazy. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I play with some of them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, there's one guy at F3. Uh, in the morning and jeepers that guy has hops like but he like we're, we're we're skipping across you know i'm going i'm you know skipping along and he's gonna go fwing, fwing. I'm like, he's like yeah. high in my head i'm like we're skipping not pole vaulting uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly crazy anyway so i thought it was one of those kind of like those people can do that I just don't have but it. People naturally have it, and some people don't. <laughs> I never tried to exercise it or develop. I never tried to practice it um, because I thought I just didn't. Right, which is part of the challenge of not having a growth mindset. I had it in all these other areas. Mm -hmm. I like I just like had this identity of I'm the guy who doesn't have rhythm, and then mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. I had a good sense of ear, of good tone and whatnot, but I couldn't uh, sing effectively. I couldn't. I hadn't practiced to modify my voice to match the tone and so i still struggle with that i'm still working on it though i'm improving on that so i also had that identity of, like i'm just not a musical person was kind of the idea mm -hmm. and so that was another part of the identity uh and so you know these two things combined really made it hard for me to get over that hurdle of that fear of looking ridiculous right right and so there was nobody around me. I would have, there's no like cultural impetus to like, oh, dance is important. We need, to, we're doing this. That pull, that would pull me along or be alongside other people also looking ridiculous along the way. There was no right. opportunity to do that at all. I would have had to have been pushing for it myself. And if I'm the one looking ridiculous, it's hard to be the first person. Mm -hmm. So it just never happened until banquet and ball. Uh, which I, right. I mean, hesitation with that wasn't the travel, wasn't the cost. It wasn't all the stuff. It was the fact that I did not know how to dance and I didn't want to look ridiculous and mess it up. Right. Uh -huh. And <laughs> so the, what really drew me was the sword fighting. It's like, Oh, I, I like sword fighting. I can, right. That's, that was <laughs> for me, 
but also like <laughs> you also kind of help me understand like, you know they will train you and it will be okay kind of an idea um right all right <laughs> so you drug me along and i went and they did they taught me enough to be able to do it and not you know stromp over people and mess it up i actually was able to enjoy it and the ladies I was dancing with <clears throat> were able to enjoy it which is super important mm-hmm. kind of the point right so i was like ah i can do this <laughs> it, it shifted my identity I was like, yes. this is a thing that's powerful, that's helpful, that's important, that's critical even for development of culture and society. This is something that is important to me. I want to go back to this and I need to be better at it than I was last time. So I put effort in. Right. Uh, and I scheduled yes. and I, you know, took lessons with Dan He before we, the next time and I did all kinds of different stuff, you know, watch videos, practice with Carla. Now I'm actually paying someone professionally to teach me to dance, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. And it's the the liberation of that shift of identity has been so amazing and so powerful. And I want right. to see that. So well, the thing that what struck me, like along this whole journey, one of the biggest challenges was I first encountered dance as a thing that other people did. As in, It wasn't something that I saw people that I knew doing. There was nobody in my community doing it. Right. There, It was just right. a thing over there. That I theoretically like, yes, I like dance. This is an important thing. I see all of these benefits, you know, physical health, social skills. Like I, I saw all these benefits, um, but I never experienced it or seen it firsthand. Why? Like, mm-hmm. why is that? Why isn't it anywhere? Because like, it's always, it has been. If you look, I, I, I study cultures. I study history. I study all these different nations, societies, and how they build culture professionally. That's what I do. And I'm looking at like dance is like one of those things, like playing games, eating food, making alcohol, (laughs) (laughs) drinking alcohol, uh, and dance. Like these these kinds of things, these are like core, like primal aspects Mm -hmm. to be human on a hugely fundamental level, right? It's like it's to be human and be a community. Because to be human is to be in community, yeah. Right, um, and it's a part of that, and so it's like, why? What? It, what? What broke? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is this in this, yeah. this corner of the world in this recent time period? Why did this something that is so fundamental break? Why? Why did? Where did communal dancing go? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I started doing some research, and I found this article uh, that I found like, oh, well, there he is. So. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of different factors that came into play. I was reading this particular article, at least, that was covering. And some some of them I don't always agree with some of the reasons, um, but there are several that really resonate. Like, ah, yes, this makes perfect sense. So mm. there are, so there's some, some of the different pieces. Um, one of them is the uh, shift of where people were listening to music and the kinds mm. of music that are being listened to. When, you, when music started becoming a private thing, rather than you go to a place to have live music, that naturally creates a, a context for dancing. Right. And everybody is going to the same place. There's only so many places. There's only so many kinds of music being played. There's only so many live bands. So you have a limited number of kinds of music and therefore a limited number of dances everybody needs to know in order to be able to participate fully. And so everybody's coming together in these spaces to create these dances, right? So it became a natural organic part of things or or has always been a natural part of organic things in that context. 
But then there was a shift of all these different variations uh, with all this push for plurality and these, um, you know, subcultures started to proliferate in the 70s and and primarily in the 80s. And you had all these different kinds of subcultures, huge cultural fads that started to separate out all these different kinds of music. You had hip hop, you had disco, you had new wave, you had rock, you had punk, you had tons of different kinds of music all over the place. And they all had like different kinds of things to dance with. There were like a ton of different kinds of dances. And so there wasn't one thing that everybody was doing. It was just a bunch of different things that different people are doing. So there wasn't, they lost cohesion and it became a individualist primal type thing for an individual to go do. And so right. it became therefore, and of course, with the advent of television um, and the digital revolution, the invention of the internet and all that kind of stuff, which you know, it, it exacerbated that, it, it exponentiated that particular um, aspect. So you get these super, super hyper narrow niche attractions that like, I like this kind of music and it's like this hyper ridiculous niche thing, you know, um, like you were, and you, the only other people that also like that are on this side of the world or all over the place, you know, and they're unified by technology, which is great, but they're not in the same place together. And so they can't go out and right. which together. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the shift we, we were talking about a little ago about the, da- the the style of music itself became harder to dance to together. Like if you a waltz or about or particularly ballet, ballet is all about people doing it together in synchrony. That's the beauty of it. But if you're looking at like break dancing, it's really freaking hard to break dance with somebody. You might you knock their head off. <laughs> yes, uh, somebody is going to get knocked unconscious. This is the way it's going to work. <laughs> you can like meticulously choreograph it in advance, you know. But in an organic style, right. on the floor ad hoc, that doesn't really happen as much in the same way. Right. In contrast to. Like the what version I learned first, when I first started learning how to dance, it was all barn dancing or folk dancing. Yeah. Basically, it, it or square dancing is another form of it. It's basically, <laughs> we get together, they tell us, okay, this is the dance. These are the moves. You do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, and it loops. So the entire dance was like probably eight steps. Wait, eight steps, let's see. Four, eight four being uh, eight times eight sixty four yeah probably like eight steps so each step takes about eight beats and then you do eight different steps and that's the progression of the dance mm-hmm. so it's a very musically consistent thing yeah and it, it each step and then you go along and you dance and you have fun together and sometimes you take breaks and sometimes you don't and it just depends on what the dance is and it's all very communal because you're all doing the same thing yeah. And what that helps with is that there is, it just builds so many different little things like learning by doing is one of the key mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Because you're doing it. And what's fun is if you get lost, you have a partner there who's able to help pick you up and move you on to where you're supposed to be. Because usually at the end of each section of the dance, you're going to end up holding hands with your partner or a hand with your partner yep. for the next step. Or standing in a line facing your partner. So if you get lost, guess what you can do? 
you look around, find your partner, and go stand in front of them, and you're good for the next for the beginning <laughs> of the next beat. And you can, and it's fun because it picks you up and carries you on because that's where the music is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very conducive for new people because once they do a few dances. Now they have the move set to be able to do almost any dance as long as I tell you, okay, this time we're going to do right hand turn, left hand turn, do si do, and then we're going to um, arches and arches and diving. That's what we're doing. Yep. And you're like, okay, I've done three of those before. What's the arch and diving? So then we go over what arching and diving is, and now you have a new piece. Yep. And it's all about mix being able to use all the different pieces. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you are and the more you're able to fiddle around with it. And again, with this actually goes back is the beauty of cooperation. Because yeah. there's a fun thing I found out is if you go and look at like one of the more formal folk dances, even barn dancing, mm-hmm. if you look at it from the air, it looks super cool. Hmm. If it's like a good group doing it Mm -hmm. because it's got symmetrical patterns and shapes and the girls dresses are Mm. all twirling and spreading and can look really cool. And like the big circle dances also look really cool because you're going in and out and twisting around the outside. It looks really aesthetically pleasing, yeah. but it's also super fun and enjoyable. And also you're learning from other people because like, with you james if since you have a problem because you haven't trained yourself to be able to pick up on a beat very easily yeah the easy part of that is now it's not just an auditory thing now it's a visual thing because everybody else is moving to the same beat Yep. yep as opposed to the individual dancing you're on your own individual (laughs) right you're on your own and also there's another thing that I think the article mentions, but just the rise of judging people or particularly being mean to somebody for not being good at a skill. Yeah, because that's that's what I was mentioning earlier about how I encountered it so much through watching it. Like this is something that people who are good enough to be in a book or a movie can do, right? Right. When you see things as a spectator, and we see so much of life nowadays as a spectator, an observer as a crit- an armchair critic of other people instead of going and doing it ourselves. That's yes. a really destructive trend in society. But this is a, yes. a, the consequences of that is that you the 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 ability to go and step out and try something even when you're not good at it yet is makes it really hard, really hard. Right, because it's disincentivized yeah. by the fact that everyone that you're afraid of people judging you, whereas in both the places that you and I learned uh, for you banquet and ball and for me folk dancing and then banquet and ball because banquet and ball was completely different than folk dancing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The crossover was extremely limited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the way we both learned how Mm -hmm. was in a very opening and welcoming environment where they wanted you to be better and they wanted to teach you. Like, I'm willing to bet that no one at Banquet and Ball judged you for not being perfectly in beat or on time or whatever. No. They were all very yeah. supportive. And if you were if you messed up, they would try to help you and try to get you where you need to be and help you find the rhythm again or you find the beat. In a very honoring and respectful out. way. It was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it's 
And it's a community building thing of teaching and learning and growing together and building skills in each other that we don't get much anymore, but is super helpful. You know, when you can find a group like that. And there's, so there's, so there's all this part. And there's another part that popped up in the, I was really glad the article mentioned um, was how along the way, um, it started being where guys would only go out to dance in order to find a mate or not, not even like even a spouse, just something to hook up with or something right. to get married to. Right. It was, it became go find a chick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it became not, it, almost like a courtship ritual in a sense, rather than a communal ritual, it became more atomized down to the couple. Right. Right. And so, which also probably tended into the more sexualization of dance along the same line. When right. Everything was sexualized. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Which is probably where a lot of the, we don't do that. Exactly. That's what yeah, when the church, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, they're doing bad stuff over there. We're not going to do anything related to that, even though it's literally in scripture to go dance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't just don't dance that way. Um, and so you end up with people who, well, I'm not going to go dance because I'm married. Right. Um, or right. go to a dance and suddenly you're like, well, I, you know, I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend and I want to only dance with that person instead of, and it becomes that romantic thing of, you know, or an erotic thing as opposed to a communal thing where no, you can actually have physical contact with somebody of the opposite sex who, and, and do so in a chaste way. That is a physical, that is a thing. That is actually a thing. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. if it's not a thing for you, fix it. Like, go do it. Learn how to make it not erotic for you. Um, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's that's a maturity thing. That's an aspect of being able to, you know, decontextualize it and rewrite the script so that you're able to engage with each other in a human way. Um, yes, physical touch is part of being human. That's how we express love, not just romantic love, but also platonic love. Um, and also on that, that was one of the things that I looked that helped me learn how to do this, that helped me learn how to relate to girls without just either treating them as, oh no, I might become impure if I be too close to a girl, and also just learning how to properly interact. And how to be a gentleman and all kinds of great stuff. Just one of the first things that you learned how to do, actually, the same thing in the banquet and ball, is the first thing we teach you how to do is how to ask a lady how to dance. Yes. Ask a lady to dance, which is probably less so for you and me, but especially for some people, mm-hmm. is very, very hard. Yeah. The prospect of walking across a room. On purpose to walk up to a girl and ask her to dance with you. Terrifying. Horrifying sometimes. <laughs> now it gets easier the more you do it. Yes. Like all things. That's why you script and it. And the thing is, that's, that's part of the point. Why you rehearse right. it. Yes. That's part of the point. Is that it gets easier. And the ability to walk up to someone and talk to them and even ask them for something is an incredibly strong social gift and an incredibly strong social skill that we haven't built anymore. Yeah. And the it's ability really and 
especially with some, and especially for homeschoolers, with someone of the opposite sex, uh-huh. be able to just talk to them. And even if it's a very pro forma, will you dance with me? Yes. Thank you. And that's all mm-hmm. just that ability unlocks so much. And it's such a big step in the right direction. Yep. And it was that the learning how to dance with someone else, because that's part of the other thing is it teaches you social skills of being able to work together with someone else and being able to find out where each of your comfort levels are and what you can do together to enjoy this the most as a team. Mm -hmm. Teamwork is something that we, we like to think we're good at, but it's something that is that learning how to do teamwork with someone who you aren't intimately comfortable with, like your siblings. Mm-hmm. We homeschool are very good at doing with our siblings because we spend all day with them every day for 18 years. It's really easy for me and Phineas to go do something together because we both know where our places are. We know Phineas is going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it, it's funny because like in Ultimate Frisbee, whatever Phineas and I play, it was almost unfair because I could literally catch the Frisbee and throw it downfield without looking because I knew where Phineas was going to go <laughs> based <laughs> on the last place I saw him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cut in. I'll catch this. And by the time I catch this, Phineas is going to be right there. <laughs> nice. And it was the same thing. So we stopped being they stopped letting us play on the same team. <laughs> well, it makes sense if you're playing pickup frisbee. You don't want one team that just like, yeah. oh, they don't <laughs> good luck trying to block them because <laughs> you just <laughs> as soon as they get it, they can kind of just free flow it. It's, and it's funny how like doing things like that when you're collaboratively working together consistently towards a common goal how tight knit, like you become one in many ways. I remember back when I was yes. foosball with a friend of mine um, and we always paired up with each other. We hung out with each other, together and we played foosball all the time. It was back at boys home in Tennessee. And um, we dueled each other all the time, one-on-one. We got to know each other really well. But when we were on the same team, we were basically unstoppable because I was always have goalie. He'd always have front. Right, I, I could serve it up around anything. I knew exactly how he wanted to catch it, so he could drop it in the hole. We would like literally use our um, our goalies to make ramps and do air shots in foosball, <laughs> <laughs> like That's on purpose, amazing. not even like on an accident, like actually on purpose. We would like ping it up, hit it in the air, and knock it in from the air. It's like people That's like that is great. totally not fair. <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> it's not unfair. It's just hard. <laughs> like, and like theoretically, still blockable. <laughs> right. Well, there was one that we got so that we could do. We there was one that we also got to know the board really well. That was the, the particular set of foosball they were playing on. Right. So well that we knew like where to hit it so that it would bounce up out of the thing just right, and we would spin it and we'd actually run across by the scoring um tile thing oh oh run and then spin back down the board and loop in to the goal behind the goalkeeper oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we we had a lot of fun with that um yep so 
but we did it because we played together so much. We collaborated, we worked together. We were, we were doing something and there's that immediate physical feedback loop yes. of doing it together. And it created yeah. this synergy between us that we didn't have to communicate or talk through. We were communicating, you know, almost telepathically um, by what we were doing because we were working on the same goal together. So that's like the, the power yes. of dance where you have, we have a goal here. We're, we're like, I, I've talked, I'm trying to describe to people how, what it's like, because you have your collaboration between you and the music. You're, you're thinking with the art from the music, you're making art between you and it. But you also have this partner mm -hmm. in front of you, and so they're also listening to the music, and they're also trying to make you know art with their bodies, following with the music, and you're collaborating together. You have this, this three-way connection, and so they're you're collaborating back and forth cooperatively to create art there. But then there's also everybody else in the room, all listening to the same song. These separate pairs making different dances, but working together in the room, and so you have a larger community of people all around, you know, united. By the same song, by that same genre of music, that same genre of dance, creating yes. culture together, unifying and knitting each other together, almost literally, um, into a, a cohesive body, right? Uh, yeah. Insanely powerful. Right. And it, it just, there's so many good things and skills and traits. Like, what are the things? Um I think your first year at Banquet and Ball, I ended up, Carla was there, but she wasn't participating. So yeah, she, she was, was up the, in the balcony. She was the, she was the, uh, she was the DJ. Yeah. Right. I ended up having a dance where I wasn't dancing. I don't remember what had happened. Anyway. Uh, so I went up and talked with Carla and we were mm -hmm. standing up in the balcony watching everything going on. Mm -hmm. And it was cool because you could like, even though ballroom dancing, uh, waltzes foxtrots are very individualized mm -hmm. it was cool because when you looked at it from the top you could see each individual couple and what they were doing yeah but then you could see the whole and the natural organic nature of everyone cooperating to the music yeah so you had like the outside circle of everyone moving around and then you had the people who were dancing by the middle where it was kind of more open so they could do bigger flower your moves and cut across the middle mm -hmm. and then you would have someone dancing on one couple in a corner and they're like slow dancing to it because they're having a conversation or whatever mm -hmm. and it was just cool to see that even in something that wasn't as organized of everybody do this now yeah it was organic right it was very organic but natural and everybody was cooperating organically it was super yeah. cool that and another cool. thing one of the things that i learned from dancing is the ability to read people quickly and mm -hmm. understand what what is important to them like it was because typically i'm a high energy dancer uh -huh. I dance fast and I dance hard, specifically at folk dances. That's mm -hmm. that's how I naturally am. I like doing fast, big moves. I like lots of spins. I like – it's just a lot of fun. It's very energetic. But the, as soon as I would walk over and ask a girl to dance, and she would say yes, I'd hold out my hand. She'd take my hand and we'd walk on the floor. As soon, Almost as soon as we touched hands, I could tell – by the way that she talked and by the way that she held my hand, whether she would wanted to go fast and hard or whether she was more of a careful or res like a reserved reserve. dancer. Yeah. And 
being able to tailor my dancing to match what she wanted and what would make her happy. Right. Right. And it was funny because like a couple of times it would be um, specifically the lady who would call it would comment on on it sometimes Mm. (laughs) because there's one particular, there's some, there's some dances where it finishes where you spin to the bottom. Basically, you, the lead couple, is going to spin to the bottom, so they're no longer the lead couple. Then they're the final couple, and then you go through, and that's how you cycle through. Mm-hmm. And But when the time came to spin to the bottom, I realized that this girl was not interested in doing the high centrical focal force spin, where both of you put your feet in the middle, and you whip around in circles as fast as you can while going down the set. which is a lot of fun but that was not what she was interested in Mm -hmm. so we did a very big open turning twist to get to the bottom maybe did like two rotations instead of like 15 if you get a particularly energetic (laughs) couple (laughs) and we split apart and she wasn't super dizzy and i had fun and Miss Candace just commented on it. She's like, oh, that was very nice of you, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> because we were working together and it was fun, yeah. but it was different than what I was used to. And learning how to do that was another one of those skills that you can learn from dancing, learning how to work together with others, even others who have different styles than you. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, uh, go dance, go and not, not just like you go, you know, learn a dance, like go start a dance where people are dancing together, like go find somewhere, no one doing it, find someone to do it with and create it as a group. Cause we need to bring back this, the social of dance being a regular part of our lives. Yes. Find what type of dancing works for you. I and there look around, find some corporative dancing. You can find ballroom dancing. You can find um swing dance. Swing yep. dance is great. Swing dance is very much about you and your partner building stuff together. Yeah. You can find barn dances are good. And what's nice about them is they're very user, they're very beginner friendly. Yeah. Low learning curve. Find what works for you. Find the music that you like. See or see what I don't know. Just Go out and find somewhere where you can stretch your skills. Yeah. See if maybe your local homeschool group or whatever wants to try starting a folk dance. That's what ours did. We have ours was a homeschool folk dance, and then we did it once a month. It was great. Miss Candace was amazing. Thank you so much, Miss Candace, if you hear this. <laughs> and then later on, I ended up learning how to call some myself, and I was able to help out with a few events, specifically out at Shiloh Bible Camp and for some of our family get-togethers. We would do them when we had friends over. It's just a lot of fun and it builds a whole lot of very useful skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think, dancing I think it's good. Tra- I think it's a tragedy that dancing has become optional. Yes. It's one of those, it's one of those, it has not the, been the collapse of, right. It's a collapse of the social community. Yeah. And because it, it, that's what dances were. It was a social community thing where you got the community together and we yep. all did something together. Yep. And that's something that we need to claim back. Yeah. 
And it's not like we've talked about this before. (laughs) It's hard to overstate this because when I look at history, I look at this and this 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 unique collapse of this. I keep I'm realizing more that I don't believe that dance is like one among many things that is cool to do. Right? There's like yes, you can learn music, you can write, you can paint. There's all these different things that are nice to do, right? Um, and different people have their different skills and talents and whatnot. Dancing is something yeah. that I is universal. It's something fundamental. It's something that's critical and vital that should not be optional. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Excellent. So that'll wrap up this session. Tell us what you think. Tell us about your experiences with dancing. That would yeah. be awesome. If there are other forms of dancing that you think we should try to learn how to do, let us know. Yeah. Um, Contact us, Facebook or Discord. Our Discord group is really cool. You should come Mm -hmm. check it out. Uh, I can't think of anything else right now. So whether you (laughs) eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Amen. (laughs) 